Hi everyone, uh, just a wee disclaimer, um, some of us, uh, well mainly Ross, forgot to record audio for the third and final film discussed today, so we're only discussing two films, uh, and it'll be a bit of an odd edit at the end, but you, you'll see, it's good, it's good crack. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll be seamless. Also, uh, I mean, little spoiler, but we give the last film that we talk about all thumbs up, that doesn't come across <laughs> in the edit that we've got so far. Enjoy the episode! Hi, and welcome back to the Flat Chat Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Scott. And as always, we're joined by, guess who? It's Ross. Ross! Hey, Ross. (laughs) Hi, guys. As always, you're back for another week to talk to us about Marvel and the cinematic universe. We're slowly trudging through it. Uh, This is our seventh episode? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well... Yeah. Sixth, I think, because the intro... Oh, of Marvel, I guess, yeah. So today we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. I'm super excited for this episode because... It's just three great films. Spoilers, I don't hate any of them. No, they're just fantastic. There's going to be no thumbs down from me today. (laughs) That is spoiling the episode. But how are you today, Ross? You good? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Uh, Very well, very well. Yeah, we're plowing through our university assessments. (laughs) Um, um, uh, we're still stuck inside. And we've been thinking about a lot about podcasting. Oh yeah, I've non-stop podcast. Yeah. Now tell me this, Kat, when was the last time, when was the last time you saw Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, right. I'm really sorry, viewers, um, to disappoint <laughs> you this week, but none of us have rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming because it wasn't on Disney Plus. Yeah, which is a big stop gap, so. The, the other Spider-Man, which is also not on Disney Plus, was, however, on Now TV. Now TV so I could watch that for free, but I couldn't be bothered purchasing Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, we made, we made the decision to, us two, me and Kat, I don't know about Ross, but we made the decision to not buy homecoming because as good as it is we'll get into this in the episode but as good as it is it probably wasn't worth a well we've seen it I, yeah. i've seen the film multiple times so i feel like i know it well yeah. enough um to... well, but what about you ross have you watched i've i've seen it in the last year uh mm. because i own it what 2020 uh no like late like november ish 2019 wow um, but I own it, so I don't have the excuse that it's not on Disney Plus because it's on my shelf. I can see it with my eyes. Uh, I just didn't watch it. I was too buzzed about Ragnarok. To yeah, I think that was what we were as well. I was too excited about watching Ragnarok. But, but what, what what are our thoughts on? What are your thoughts on? Well, Homecoming. I love it. Yeah, I love. We were we discussed last week how excited we were for this spider-man tom holland spider-man how good we think he is you think he's the best spider-man well ross and i both agree that uh he's yes. the best spider-man yeah but i think he's the third best third best spider-man oh, not wow. after andrew garfield don't worry he's at the bottom no after like miles garfield. morales miles morales and toby Maguire. yeah sure miles morales as in as in spider-verse which I'm not including in <laughs> Just this, because you like, fancy Tom Holland. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no. <laughs> Tom, if you're listening, I know you are. Hit me up. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Hey, hey, Tom, if you're listening, and I know you are, hit me up. <laughs> you're getting married. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not... That's the same point. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I was very excited for this movie to come out because it's just, it's just standalone Spider-Man. Um, and I think it does everything right in the sense of his actual age. 
he has the wholesome, you know, neighborhood Spider-Man that, you know, he should. Um, we discussed last week how obviously we've already been introduced to Spider-Man and we just skip the the origin story, which is great because I think having the opportunity to see without having, you know, without um, having to troll through the whole origin thing that we've all seen a million times before, we're able to just get to a new villain, a new story and explore this character without having to repeat the same um, storylines that have, have been done. Yeah, for sure. Like, everyone knows Spider-Man. Um, as you said, like, it's a smaller story, this one. I really like that idea that he's just, he's this guy, He's he is your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it stays in New York. It's a very New York story. It's about, um, I guess it's a struggle, like a, a discussion about the struggles of the working class as well, especially after, like, um, a great battle that went on in your city and stuff as well yeah. and i love how it links back to avengers mm. yeah so we have obviously the the vad the the vaddy the baddie well, yeah it's because the vulture right <laughs> the vulture yeah the vulture um <laughs> combine it we'll just call him the vaddy from now on uh we have him starting off as just like a working class guy who's collecting um you know parts of the, the alien aliens technology from yeah. from the battle of new york and that ties um, ties it back to the Avengers, which is is a great tie, I think, um, and takes his technology and then you know makes himself wealthy with it, but also ultimately turns himself into the bad guy. I think as well, this film, uh, this film has the thing going that I think a lot of the better Marvel films have. Not that it, you need you need this to make a good Marvel film, but the oh you understand where the villain's coming from. He's not this one dimensional, all bad figure he's like an onion you know he's got layers he's got layers exactly <laughs> cakes have layers uh like a cake <laughs> but like you know uh michael keaton's character in this film i can't remember his name but he is vulture yeah, uh, adrian tombs there we go <laughs> the, Thank vulture. Okay, the vulture okay uh, the I vulture did, i didn't actually remember what his forgotten already. villain name was but i had his <laughs> other name written down um but you know like he's he's just a working class guy He's stumbled into this opportunity that he got, you know, fucked over a little bit by the, I guess it's S.H.I.E.L.D., right, that are trying to reclaim all the alien bits of tech. Yeah. He sees an opportunity for him to to capitalise on, on the situation a little bit and maybe move up. Uh, and although he he's obviously bad, you know, he's, he's like a super bad dude, there is still that little part of it that you're like, oh, this isn't just I want to destroy the world because I'm evil, this is like a real person with a family that we that we see in this film and he's just you know he's got a motive and and there's a there's a method behind the madness i think it's really well done in this film yeah and i I like how he's got clear values as well you know it's Mm -hmm. and he's got a clear goal and he achieves it for a small part of the film you know um and i think that's it's nice to see sort of a, a villain progress through the story rather than just exist but obviously, Marvel having Spider-Man uh, as a character now in the franchise, they finally have a huge wealth of villains that they can capitalize on. Yes. Um, no doubt when the X-Men are introduced into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, which I'm sure will come in the future, um, they will then adopt their villains. So it's it's nice to see that what chokes them out in the you know in the first. Um, 
in the first phase of Marvel films, they didn't have good villains. In the second phase, they, they struggled with villains. And finally now, they're getting all their villains that they've been really looking for, you know, yeah. that we've been looking forward to as, as viewers. So, And we've also got classic character, MJ, played by yeah. Zendaya. Zendaya? Or Zen- yeah, I don't know. Zendaya, Zendaya. I, I, don't, I think it's personal preference. I really like her casting because Zendaya is you know a, a model of quite glamorous human being as, as I see her online however the MJ that we see is very reserved kind of tomboy grungy um there's nothing flashy Bit about her yeah she's not like overtly like oh I'm the beautiful popular one um and she's she's got a cool personality I like her a lot I think they did a really good job with um the the characterization of MJ in this movie yeah, I don't think she has the the time to shine like she does in she doesn't. in, in uh, Far From Home. No, no. But that's but that's okay because this story should just be about Spider Man. Yeah. And instead of being an origin story, which this definitely isn't, instead it's establishing him as a character. Yeah, and his so, his peers. We've got yeah. Ned as well. Ned's I think is a very um, good fit as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's adds a lot of the the comedic elements in in that kind of relationship where. Um, where Tom's a little bit more uh, straight as a as an actor in terms of you know he does have some elements of comedy in his lines but he's he's quite serious, um, and then Jacob playing playing Ned is is a little bit more lighthearted and adds a little bit of bubble to him. What's everyone's like standout scenes in this film or standout beats? I guess. Uh, well, so uh, I like the uh, firstly the scene where he's like being spider-man just generally that's sort of parts of movies that i like oh when he like gets he the sandwich the and like does gets the bike and stuff like that yeah and and he's like oh this the, the this woman got, got me a churro that's really cool you know like he's enjoying the little parts that's really nice yeah. um my favorite scene in this movie is when he's being driven to the dance and the the dad of the girl he's interested in is is mike keaton as the vulture and they have a standoff moment uh, in the car uh, where they both you know he realises that he's the vulture the vulture realises that he's Spider-Man and they have a conversation and it's really really well done it feels very tense there's a part where he's sitting at the lights and the lights turn red and then Michael Keaton's face is lit up in red and he looks really evil and it's Spider-Man realising that he's evil and then it turns green and it's Michael Keaton realising that he's Spider-Man and there's you know it's very well done and that sets the tone for the the sort of final act of the film where they mm. have their big fight it's just it's just a, a very a very subtle way to, to have this standoff moment it's not oh every time they're on screen together they're fighting it's like oh this is a nice moment where we can just stop for a second and really just pit them against each other I like how this film builds tension, like you were talking about there in that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's somewhat a trope, like it's, it's used a lot in films, but as you said, this film does it so well. And it's that sort yeah. of almost like awkward comedy that follows, like that surrounds that as well as the, the dramatic tension that's building, which I really, I really appreciate. There's another scene that I really enjoy, uh, which is the scene with Donald Glover. Uh, in the yeah. in the car park when Peter is trying or Spider Man is trying to like threaten him for information, but just makes I don't know. I like that scene a lot just because Donald Glover. I'm a big fan of. I really um, like that scene, and it's nice to see kind of like that that 
it's not really a cameo he's a, he's a character in the movie but um that kind of funny uh failing of of spider-man he's he's not you know he's not captain america uh, america he's not iron man he's not able to threaten uh baddies in the same way that he you know th- that they can yeah but there's the implication as well that he's uh males morales's uncle uh, yeah the, 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 right. the like obviously it's like it's, it's almost like a like a, you know we're just using the name so that we can have a guy that's actually part of the universe for donald glover because he's donald glover but uh in the credits he's marked as the guy who i guess now that i've seen spider-verse is the uncle character right that becomes the the villain he's he, with the claws yeah that's oh, correct really? yeah that's an mm-hmm. interesting. It's. I think it's more of an Easter egg than anything. As yeah. Ross was saying, though. So, yeah. I think it was just a wink to the audience rather than establishing mm. anything. Yeah, and there's a point where he's like, "Oh, you know, my nephew." Yeah, he mentioned his nephew. Th- yeah. yeah. Smart. Yeah. Damn. Damn MCU, you're always catching us like that, aren't you? Oh, you're always being so slick. <laughs> slick, right? One thing I do, I I really like the the action beats in this film, um, and like the the ship scene, the, is fantastic. Mm, when, with the boat oh, yes. in half. Yeah, and he has to use his quick wits and just his almost not naivety, but he's just jumping around the ship trying to hold it physically hold it together while splitting apart. And watching Spider Man be as strong as he is in the comics is quite rare to see that yeah. in the film world. There's another another moment as yeah. well near the end when he's lifts that building off of him. Yeah. Again where we see his strength. So it's like and I just I just love the yeah. idea that that ship was being ripped apart and he alone was able to to hold it at least for a point until tony turned up tony stark yeah well to- yeah the, the relationship with tony then is also uh maybe not a big part of this film but certainly a section oh, of the yeah, film that is important um the fact that to- tony doesn't trust uh trust spider-man enough to give him full range of a suit mm. for example um i think as well We've, we talked about this a little bit in one of the previous episodes uh, about how Iron Man goes on his own character arc where we see him at the start that the suit saves his life and then he becomes the suit and then in Iron Man 3 he learns how to live without the suit and then he obviously evolves into the suit of armour around the world kind of guy that he wants the suits to act as, as a defence mechanism instead of it being a, a personal thing and then he gives the suit to Spider-Man which I was going to ask you guys how you felt about uh, Spider-Man not being the guy that built the spider suit. But then the message in this film is Tony Stark is trying to teach Spider-Man to not rely on the suit. But without the character arc that Iron Man went on, he's like, why don't you just get it immediately? You know, as if he got it immediately, which isn't isn't true. But the, the learning to have be Spider-Man inside instead of being Spider-Man just on the outside is, is a very interesting story that this film does. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't just let Peter make his own suit, considering it was just, like, a hat, a hoodie, and some goggles. The one that he does have. Which is, is funny. No, but but that's, again, written into the film, though. Because in the comics, I, I he makes his own suit. That, that was just yeah. uh, some, some, some banter, but Scott. I, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, but I would like to see... I don't know. I think in the next film, it would be interesting to see him... I mean, we saw him stripped back completely, I guess, in, in um, Far From Home. Like, you know, he was given the Night Monkey costume. Um, and he... Whoa. And, and, 
May. Spoilers. Spoilers, I know. And Aunt May um, packed his, you know, his normal suit sort of thing. Again, spoilers. But it'd be interesting to see in the next film if he comes up with his own sort of gadgetry and stuff. But I guess that happens in Far From Home as well when he designs his own suit at the end. So it is Again, interesting. Spoilers. I, I'm just comparing it. Yeah, no, I I did one. I was gonna mention that, and then I didn't <laughs> because I was like, no, no, we'll talk about that uh, next week. I think it's the thing as well that that Iron Man in the Marvel universe makes everything for everyone. You know, he builds the little thing that goes onto Captain America's sleeve that brings the shield back. Yeah, and he builds War Machine. And I'm sure he did some stuff for Falcon at some point. And technically, you know, his dad made Cap's shield. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Stark, the Stark the has a, the Stark family has a monopoly on Avenger tech. Yeah, which is basically why he yeah. has to be the first Avenger, like, uh, not of well, Captain America, but as in like the, the movies come first, because otherwise you just have a bunch of guys running around in <laughs> in, in spandex that they got from the supermarket. <laughs> Yeah, but it's but you know that's that was my take on it is like I understand in all the other films Spider Man makes his own spider suit you know whatever and and that's that's a part of him becoming the character is is creating the persona but I think in this film it would have made sense to yeah. have him try to make a suit when mm. Iron Man's right there he's like five feet away and he's got a thousand suits just sitting in this basement yeah but he does also make the web solution mm-hmm. so that that there shows yes. his intelligence and the fact that he's able to create that solution um because really ultimately the the fact that he makes his own suit and the web solution is uh a big kind of hint towards his intelligence as a as a human and then again spoilers towards far from home but we see him uh when we see him designing his own suit we kind of see him almost taking the mantle of iron man in a lot of ways, in terms of being able to yeah, I guess that it, I guess it represents character growth yeah. in that regard. But yeah, I feel like that's all I, I personally have to probably say. On yeah, Spider-Man. no, I'm happy. Uh, cool villain. Yeah. Good acting. Yeah. Pretty Tom Holland. It's obviously a thumbs up. Yeah. But I'd say it's a in regards to all the movies. Now that I've basically watched them all, it's a it's just a one thumbs up from me. Yeah, it used to yeah, be probably it's a, a two. Strong one thumbs up. But yeah. So I think this is probably the weakest film of film three uh, of phase three, or one of the weaker ones. But that doesn't make it bad at all. That makes it still one of the best Marvel films. Yeah, <laughs> it just so happens that, just like yeah. pew, pew, pew. Um, so it's like so if this was in phase two of Marvel, it would be like the best one of phase two. Yeah, so. of course. The yeah. Doctor Strange argument. It's in the same bracket. Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was in phase oh, two. so yeah, it'd be second to Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> That's my point, though. There's just so many, so best, many, so many better films. So that many doesn't make films. This film bad. <laughs> oh, no. But I tell you what is, in my opinion, a better film. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh man. Tell me about it. I love this movie. I, I, I can't believe I film. didn't see this film in cinemas because I was Did so. Did you not? No, because <gasps> because look what I had to base it off. I would, uh, Thor Dark World and whatever and the first Thor, just yeah Thor. And Thor. just look at any of the promotional material this yeah, film came out I like a neon wonderland I know it's but great this, oh, but this, yeah. I, I, wrote, I wrote in my in my notes here damn what a turnaround for Thor movies <laughs> yeah because <literally. laughs> it just is it just... finally some magic <laughs> yeah because yeah. it's the redemption that mm. Thor not just not the redemption that Thor needed, the redemption that Thor movies needed. Like yeah. they yes. were giving us absolute trash for the first two, and then they come up with this. Um, they just picked 
the best director for it. Mm-hmm. Taika. Yes. Absolute lad. And but who would have known that he would have been a good action director? Yeah. I mean, he's Flight of the Concords. He's um, what we do in the shadows. And that's like Jojo all... Rabbit, right? Yeah, but that came out. Yes, but right. yes, at this yes, point. Yes. But and even Jojo Rabbit doesn't. I've not seen Jojo scenes. Rabbit, so I'm literally just throwing a film in there so for no the reason. I- the idea that we, you know, they're going to do essentially a Planet Hulk movie. Mm. Um, they're going to mm. do that, and it's going to be high, like a lot of action in it. And who would have thought to bring in this pure comedic director to do it? Oh, it's like but it guess. works so so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. my favorite person is also in this film. My name's Korg. Yeah, Korg. And Korg. he's also played by Taika, or voiced by Taika. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> just the, it's the best character in the whole world. Oh, Korg. Um, and Meek. Don't forget about Meek. <laughs> oh, we Meek. Yeah. Which, oh. me, me and Scott, I've, I've noticed you've got this in your notes as well. Uh, me and Scott recently watched um, on Disney+. Plus uh, The animated. The animated Which I've seen Planet before, Hulk. but you're, that was your first time. And so much of this movie is, just Planet, is Hulk. Planet Hulk. Which is lovely. Mm. Because they they tie so well together. Yeah, it's almost like. Yes. But Planet Hulk's different in the way that it doesn't have Thor in it. No, well, but, he's got a tiny cameo. But, but what I, but what I mean is is that to adapt this for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think this is the perfect sort of iteration. It brings Hulk back into the universe when he goes off yes. the ship. But I just think this is a, I. It's a near perfect Marvel film. Mm. I would say. Yes. Annoyingly, all the bits that I love are on Nowhere and I don't care so much about the Hela storyline as much. Mm. That's a bit still like too Thory for me, but all the stuff on with the Grandmaster mm. on uh, on Nowhere. Can I start with a, a problem that I had with this movie? Yeah, of course. Sakar. Uh, that's what's Yeah. Sakar. Sakar, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> nowhere. Can I can can I right so not not that it's a bad part of this film right if anything it's a fantastic part of this film but I have a serious problem with it. Tell me. In uh, that how it was done that I guess Cat maybe wouldn't have experienced this if you missed all of the promotional materials. Mm. So uh, for the first like twenty minutes that we're on, uh, Sakar's the the Grandmaster Planet right? Yes. Yeah. So for the first twenty minutes that we're on Sakar, they keep referencing. The the grandmaster's uh, prize champion fighter, but we right? already know it's Hulk, right? Because I remember seeing the trailer for it. This is what you're yeah, gonna say. Yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, is see if they had not put Hulk in the trailers, and Thor walks out, and we're expecting this big monster, and then it comes out as Hulk. That would have that been that would be so good. Yeah, the greatest moment in the cinema. But they put the moment where Hulk bursts out of the door, you know, the door frame into the the Coliseum, they put that in the trailers. I wonder if it's because they needed, like, Mark Ruffalo was going to be at the premiere and Mark Ruffalo is going to be on what, all the yeah. press tours and stuff. Yeah, you need to say, you have to have to put one on the poster, mm. you need to have him at the premiere, you know, you need to hint at the fact that one of the biggest actors in your franchise is in this film. I understand all that, but see that moment, like, I always yeah. compare it to Darth Maul's uh, dual lightsaber in, mm, in Star yeah. Wars 1 is they put the moment where he opens up one side of the lightsaber and then he opens up the second. It was in the trailer for the movie when it came out. And if you'd have seen that for the first time, it would have it would have made that film so much better. Yeah. You know, uh, and this is another moment where it's like, oh, if, if only if only they'd had the foresight to just not put that yeah. part in the trailer. They just put big been... spoilers in the trailer, right? Basically. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess spoilers is one word for it, but I think it's just you're losing that excitement or like losing that beat, I guess, when you're the when you're yeah. in the yeah. cinema. Because that beat still gets me, like, when he goes, yes, yeah, I know yeah. him. He's a friend from work. Like, yeah, it's a good thought. <laughs> it's a great. It's but great. I understand Ross's point of that would have been so perfect in cinema if you, nobody knew that was happening yeah. and then it just happens. Can we that just point out how twist. good my Chris Hemsworth? That was really good. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That was really good. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just gonna go around as Chris Hemsworth now. I mean, as Thor. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I, I, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, gotta go hit the gym. I really like the. F- I really like the film. Comedy's excellent. Korg's amazing. Comedy's um, spot on. Thor's a better Thor in this film. I mean, Chris Hemsworth acting can finally shine like it did in uh, the first Avengers film. Yes. Um, and I love his sort of, um, uh, his interactions with everyone, his interactions with Hulk as big mean talking Hulk. I love big mean talking Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, his interactions with, oh, the, what's the Valkyrie's Valkyrie. name? Valkyrie. Her name is just Valkyrie. Oh, Valkyrie. Uh, yeah, Valkyrie. Um, I also, I know you don't like Hela as much, Kat, but I think as a villain, Hela's fantastic. Oh, I think yeah. Hela's wicked. Yeah, it's because, right. I just, I'm I also, not as excited by no, no, I understand. the film. But the reason I like that is because this film is all based around the problems and trappings of a militaristic um, upbringing and society. Sure. And Hela's stuck in that sort of the classic bring back the empire kind of feeling. And I love how Thor Ragnarok flies in the face of that and says, well, no, if, you're, if your society is built upon mass enslavement and mass murder then perhaps it should be torn down and that's exactly what happens in thor ragnarok i, th- I think it's beautiful yeah everyone's favorite moment in this film uh so i many. guess there's so many enough. a collection uh i'll use my favorite moment thing as a, as a chance to talk about this because this is this is the thing i was itching to talk about uh taika waititi does something in this film he does it a few times but i think it's the first time is when uh it's valkyrie's backstory part and for one shot of the backstory it looks like this giant, crazy Norse mythological painting, mm, almost. Yeah. Um, where you know, it, and everything goes slow motion, and they're like pulling back on There's the lightning. Big sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. flying horses. Yeah. And Beautiful. then it happens again with, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin's in the background, and Thor just learns how to be super thunderous. You know, I, I don't know what, how to describe <laughs> the difference super between lightning original, power. yeah, yeah, super lightning power. And he jumps down, and the monsters almost create a pile, trying to reach up to him, and he just jumps down and slashes them. They do that a few times through the film, and it's breathtaking every time. There's, yeah, there's like a, a tableau, I think is the is the term, mm. tableau. It's like a freeze frame, yeah. almost. Mm. They do it, um, yeah, there's a bit where he's like, he yeah, he jumps. Yeah. I think this is exactly what you're talking about, but they're, yeah, they're on one side, and then it's like the, it's, yeah, it's like a painting. It's like a painting. And then he mixes that that sort of shot where he's going for the full, the full you know giant painting or like the thing you would put on a ceiling of a, a chapel in the seventeen hundreds. He mixes that with slow motion shots, like uh, the the spaceship sprouting uh, fireworks in the background, and Valkyrie just walking in slow motion towards the camera, stuff like that. Like it's all mixed so well together, uh, yeah. and it's oh, it's just so beautiful, like. It makes me think, I feel like we talked about this with the Ant-Man episodes, or one of the episodes prior, that Ant-Man was going to be an Edgar Wright film, mm. and they wanted, Edgar Wright was making it too much of an Edgar Wright film, and not enough of a Marvel film, so they axed him, and then it just became like just a, like a chill Marvel film. This, this feels like 
Taika Waititi went as deep as Edgar Wright probably would have went yeah. in its own direction. And they were just like, yeah, fine. Okay, on you go. Yeah, because they were like, fine. you know, Thor's been shit the last <laughs> two times, so <laughs> might as well try yeah, a new direction. it literally can't get any worse. What I like is we've been talking about them taking risks for a long time, like as mm. a company, Marvel taking risks. And I yes. find that, don't get me wrong, Thor Ragnarok, a semi-safe film since the, um, especially with the acclaim of what Guardians of the Galaxy got. But yes. I, but I feel that this was as safe as it was. It was still a, a risk for them to be like, you know what, just do what you want to do with it. Yeah. Um, because the action beats are fantastic. All the Colosseum bits are fantastic. Mm. Oh my god, we've not even oh, mentioned yeah. Jeff Goldblum. No, yet. I, was, I was trying to find. Oh a my god, to talk you're right. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum he's, is fantastic. He's a risk, but not a risk because him and Taika's like way of like comedy work so well together. But if it wasn't directed by like Taika, I feel like I don't. I don't know. It because would be a weird casting. I. I the reason I disagree is because Jeff's older films, like back in the day, I mean, if you watch The Fly and then if you watch Jurassic Park and stuff, there are he's got such a huge range in him that mm. you could just cast him as anything and it would work. Yeah. Anyway, his his mannerisms, ugh, I yeah. love him. Yeah. And his oh, like, yes. I love how bright and how painted this whole film is. Yeah. It's even beautiful. the even this junk planet that they go to is super colorful and super crazy looking. Yeah. Um. It's like it's the opposite of everything that we've seen before in Thor movies. Mm. I mean, in Dark World, the, even Earth, a vibrant blue marble that we have, they made that grey, yes. where they get to make this junk planet as flashy as possible. I like to think that if we didn't have the Dark World, we wouldn't have had this film. And so I'm choosing to, to think of it as that, so that I can live with the fact that the Dark World exists, that someone in Marvel went... went Oh, so hey guys, like to a to a, like a test group, they were like, "Hey guys, um, so what was it that you didn't like about the Dark World?" And they were like, "It was so bland." And he was like, "Got it. We're gonna do the opposite of that right now." <laughs> Color. Get right. me Taika Waititi on the phone now. Fun. Yeah, I know. Um, um, uh, and Loki. I love Loki in this movie because, as always, he's up to his mischief. But one of my favorite scenes is when Loki is is you know. On, on Thor's side for the most part um, and the the get help scene mm. I think I mentioned oh, get it help. on a way previous episode of this podcast but um, those those moments are so good with with Loki just being lighthearted and like oh he's, he's still like oh, Thor's such a pain in my ass but he my, goes along with it I love my, it my favourite Loki bit in this film is when Thor first gets back Oh, when he gets back to Asgard. Yeah, when he gets back to Asgard, um, and, and Loki's putting on a play that he can watch. Oh, about so the- yeah, that's funny. the beginning of the story. Yeah, um, and it's about like the great hero Loki, and I, I love that part of the film because mm-hmm. Odin, which is Loki, who is Loki, is sitting there eating grapes, being like, "Yes," and he was valiant. <laughs> it's just, I just love it so much. It's just so. It I think so it encapsulates it encapsulates Loki so well. This yeah. idea that he's just mm-hmm. so, oh. He's so full of himself, and he's so big-headed. Um, yeah, there's a vanity there. Yeah, for, and he's built this big statue in his memory and stuff like that as well. Yeah, is that is Just that? A... We we powered through Thor, wow. didn't we? Um, I I guess Damn. one thing I do want to say. I mean, I know we've mentioned Hulk before, um, like as in in Thor Ragnarok space, but I think um, the performance that Mark Ruffalo puts on. For Hulk is fantastic, mm. and I love the difference between big, dumb, green, angry speaking Hulk 
compared to when Mark Ruffalo finally becomes himself again. Yeah. And he's like, wait a minute, where am I? Oh god, what's Hulk done? Kind of thing. And I love the contrast between the way that Thor, he's like, you just want Banner. And he's like, no, I don't even like that guy. We're much more similar. And then, and then, uh, Banner's like, oh, you just want the, you're just using me to get the Hulk. He's like, no, I don't, I don't like the Hulk. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. big and green. You're much cooler. Again, again, the, again, the comedy my just impression works is so well. good. Damn. <laughs> well, I guess that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Ross, for joining us as always. And where can you find us, Scott? If you want to give us an old listen, I mean, they're listening to us right now. So well, yeah, that's redundant. True, but, but if they want to I mean, change if, up their platform, or if they want to like check out our other episodes, which are all fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would recommend probably SoundCloud. Um, we're on iTunes, and we're on. Lots of other ones. We're on Podbean. Potentially Spreaker, but we we're don't. We're on TuneIn. We're, I'm, I'm working through them all, okay? It's <laughs> the big three. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Um, and then some of the And ones. there's also a Facebook page that you can follow us on. <gasps> we We share all our episodes there. Just and... look up Flat Chat Podcast in Facebook. And yeah. Wow. You'll find our logo. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening. Yeah. And stay safe. Look hope after yourselves. Hope you've all had a good week. See and you next week. Hashtag stay home. <laughs> 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 Bye. Bye.